it's basketball season and we've got you covered. The Ringer NBA show breaks down the latest and greatest around the league five days a week. Check out The Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Well, you got some kind of lighting going on. It looks like you're uh, about to hit me with a TikTok tutorial. Why? The lighting's really good. Mm. That's my energy though. That's just, I think that's my, I'm giving off good vibes. Oh, okay, well, you've just killed the vibe, so... Uh, <laughs> it's one of those. There you go. Uh, Hello, and welcome back to Stadio Podcast, Ringer FC. I'm Misa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hunt. Ryan, how are you doing? I am all right. Thanks, man. How are you? Good, good. A decent weekend, some nice walks and a couple of pastries and a lot of football. Just a couple? Just a couple, actually. Just wow. a couple. Okay, Just a couple. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe three pastries. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, I know for a fact that you, you saw me consume one and then maybe like head off with another one and I have had another one since I'm just covering my back because there are other people that listen to this podcast that know about my other consumption this weekend so people put all the numbers together it obviously adds up to more than two so I'm just covering my back we got him everyone we got him we got him (laughs) Uh, nothing wrong with consuming sweet goods that's true absolutely nothing wrong with it and also it's pandemic do what you want yeah that's gonna wear off quite it's a pandemic Mesa that was five years ago yeah it's a pandemic (laughs) Yeah, I need you need all that because of the the football that was going on. It went wild. Just to keep up all that energy, yeah. need the energy. There was there was too much league, wasn't there? There was too much everything. Too much everything. It was. Oh my god! Oh my god! Sunday. Sunday well, after, was, after I mean after Saturday, which was pretty wild. Sunday was. Sunday kept ascending in wildness. It really did, huh? It did. It did. It did. It did. Yeah, I think I tweeted before the Champions League final started football holy shit because of everything that had gone on yeah and that was before even the Champions League final started on Sunday night yeah mad if someone had said to you that the Women's Champions League final would ascend beyond 
pretty much anything we'd seen really yeah. that weekend. You just said, no way, no way. There's, we're not going to see anything wilder than we saw just now. And we did. Wild. I mean, let's do some admin quick because this will kind of relate to what we're going to talk about today. So, well, first of all, hope everyone's staying safe. Well, getting vaccinated if they can. Yes, yes. Let it flow through you. Let it flow through you. <laughs> I've heard that when you get the vaccine, it makes it easier to understand Moose's takes. So, oh my gosh, who wants if that? If there was ever an incentive for everyone, mm. oh, every, all of a sudden everyone's just like, yeah, you know what? Now I can actually see how that's three straight Champions Leagues. I see the vision. I see I the see. vision. It's like, yeah. it's like the tired wired babe. It's, like, it's clear <laughs> to me. It's clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, Righty's house on Wednesday. You will be on with Righty for your final appearance of the season. Yes, yes. And you two are going to talk in more deep. We're going to talk about the Women's Champions League final today. We're going to start with that. But you and Righty are going to talk about that in more depth on Wednesday. We are indeed. And you're also going to talk a little bit about Dortmund. Yes. Some other stuff like that. Exciting times there. So yeah, make sure you check that on Wednesday. Don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash soccer. Yeah, I should probably try and do a piece this week. And if you do listen to a podcast app that allows you to rate and review, please do so. It'd just be very nice. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, just to reiterate, hopefully everyone's doing okay. Wild week. Heavy week. Yeah, indeed. So yeah, thoughts with everyone. So, football. Should we get into it? Let's get into it. Let's start with the Women's Champions League final because it was momentous. Whoever had won it would have been historic because it would have been either side's first Champions League slash UEFA Women's Cup, which yeah. is what it was previously known as. Barcelona beating Chelsea 4-0 in Gothenburg, which was the halftime score and the full-time score. The first Barcelona goal came so early that Sport Eins in Germany had not yet started their broadcast, which right. is extremely poor form. Yeah, It's not the first time they've half-assed the Champions League stuff on Sport Eins. At first, it went down as a Leaky Martins goal, but it actually ended up being a Melanie Leupold's own goal. Which you knew very little about as well, in fair to Yeah, so basically a bit of a scramble and then just kind of deflected off her. Well, it was like almost like kicked against her and then went back in. But I actually want to get to the initial panic, the problem that created the goal, which mm-hmm. was the way the ball was lost up on the right flank. Chelsea's right. Yeah, Chelsea's right. And the moment they lost the ball in the fullback position, the gap between the fullback and the centre-backs was as big as I've seen for Chelsea this year. Mm. And the problem is that Barcelona have the best wide forwards in world football. This is the problem. And that was, the mismatch there was absolutely chronic. So that's where the problem began. That's where the panic began. And actually three of the four goals came, well, the, fir- the first two goals in particular came through that kind of configuration, like that flank, that, that, that pocket. Do you know, it's funny though, it wasn't it? Like Frank Kirby slashed the ball against many loopholes, went in the top corner. But the entropy happened much earlier. The breakdown, the chaos happened much earlier and they never really fixed it. And it was so funny how, you know, Chelsea had a double pivot and they had in theory as much coverage as you'd want in that space, but they were just slow to the ball throughout. I know it's very easy to like um, be reductive about the causes of these big defeats. But you know what we've said before in this podcast, I think, you know how there's always a huge missed chance before threshing? Chance to make an equaliser. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of the Barcelona after 40 seconds and Penilla Harda has an amazing chance mm-hmm. to two minutes. And it's the kind of chance that Penilla Harda scores. Penilla Harda scored in the late stages Champions League last year. She's a huge game player. 
she scores that chance nine, nine times out of a hundred mm. and she doesn't. And then Barca just put the game to bed. It was a bit of a strange game this in terms of takeaway because yeah. I think that we thought Chelsea might have too much for Barcelona yeah. in terms of way yeah. to hurt, ways to hurt them. Mm. I don't think that the gap between the two is as broad as what the scoreline suggests. I actually retweeted, I think. I think it was from Bayer Redondo who said exactly that. This game could have easily been 2-0. Yes. It could have actually easily been 2-1. Barcelona's penalty, I think, was extremely soft. Melanie Leipold's kind of accidentally catching. Was it Jennifer Hermoso's yeah. trailing and foot? I have but, a funny but, thing about penalty because I saw and I thought, I know where that's been. I can see that being given. Like, I don't... Um, I, I know because I know that I think you and Wrighty disagreed and you, you thought it was a penalty, but I saw that and thought, no, that is, that is a penalty. It's harsh. No, we said it, we said it wasn't a penalty, right? You know? Okay. See, I, I thought it was, you see, I thought it was harsh. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was a very harsh penalty, but I was like, I can see that being given because it was, she knew nothing about it. it you know, it's like something, it's the gray air of one of those awful inadvertent handballs mm. where there's no bad intent, but the person just being in the way inhibits a, a real scoring opportunity through no fault of their own. And I saw the penalty and I was like, I wouldn't have given it, but I, I saw it and I was like, I can see where that's been given as my gut reaction. I don't know. It just seemed like a really, really strange one. And the fact that it went to VAR and then the referee didn't go and check, I think was and the fact a that like, bit odd. And the fact that Chelsea did not get the penalty in the second half, which was a clear... Well, this is the thing. Yeah, I think the Chelsea penalty was the bigger of the two penalties. If you're going to give that, you have to give the Chelsea penalty in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. You have to. That's the bar. That's how low the bar is for penalties. Yeah. And the, the sad thing is many loopholes went off at half time. Mm. So that must have been, I don't know if that was just a tactical change. That might have been a, just in terms of how she was feeling about that. Because the strain, the she weird thing. She didn't have a very with, first half at all. No, she didn't. But also I will say this is Chelsea as well. And maybe this sounds like, you know, hindsight after the, the fact, I really preferred, you know, the Guru Wrighton, G Suyong tandem in field, almost as two eights. I much prefer that to the double pivot they have with loopholes and Ingle, because mm. G Suyong was completely isolated playing as the advanced player, as the advanced creative player ahead of the, the pivot. She just got swarmed around the amount of time she got the ball and there were two or three Barcelona players just picking her off and she had no angle. So she looked, she didn't have a great game, don't get me wrong but she looked a lot worse than she was because her understanding with Wrighton, Wrighton was alongside her so often, the amount of times where Gcion receives the ball mm. and there is not a good option and a good passing option five, 10 yards around her. Yeah, I mean, th I think this was emblematic of the whole... It was, wasn't it? It was the whole thing. Chelsea first just, half. Yeah, it was yeah, very yeah. much like, I, I don't like making comparisons to the men's game, but there were moments where it was very similar in terms of when teams used to play that peak Barcelona men's side and it was very much like it's funny you should mention every that. time okay. they got yeah. the, every time you would get the ball it was kind of like well what now and that was kind of what Chelsea felt like they were doing especially in that first half I remember I think G got the ball out on, and she kind of floated out towards the right hand side mm. there were four Barcelona players before there was another Chelsea player absolutely yeah yeah no passing angles no lanes one of the main things that I think caused the scoreline to be what it was by halftime was just the fact that, like you said, you have two of the best wide forwards in the world going up against two players in Jess Carter and Neve Charles who just aren't orthodox fullbacks. They're yeah. played there, obviously, because they were played quite high. But the problem is that when they need to switch to defence mode, I think, I think you can kind of you can kind of hide them 
defensively if you play a three. Yes, yes. And they have been able to, they have been able, they actually, I mean, Neve Charles especially, I think has been actually, she's impressed quite a lot at right back this season. So it's not like this is all of a sudden she was thrown into a Champions League final. Martins, for example, the amount of time she got to the byline, I mean, she, she cut it back for, for Graham Hansen's goal. And the, the amount of da- damage that Graham Hansen caused down that right-hand side, it was like, this is genuinely worrying. The only thing I'm slightly surprised at is that maybe Emma Hayes didn't make a tactical shift earlier. Because I do think that maybe with a slight tactical shift in the first, after, if that, as soon as that second one goes in, if they can get to half-time, for example, at 2-0, this is the only thing that I can kind of... You know, I think she didn't. This is a weird, I, I, I can't know this, but... See that speed of the game in a weird stretch, the speed of the game almost gave Chelsea an opportunity to get back into it. Good I almost point, felt actually. like yeah, if no, you slow really down, I felt like if, you, if Chelsea slow the game down, they're dead. Mm. If they keep playing as high tempo, because don't forget they had a Penilla Harder got through again, a second chance. Kerr got a beautiful layoff into the yeah, gap. Yeah, they had chances. Yeah, and then, then Penilla Harder shot late. She mm. hesitated and that allowed the defender to get the tackle in. If she hits that across goal, it's 2-1 and it's on. And it was almost like if we keep the game high, it's almost like Barcelona have come out slugging with no guard. Mm-hmm. They've got gaps. They don't mind leaving the gaps because they're inviting you in. They'll, they'll counterpunch. The problem is, and Megan Clement made a great point about this on Twitter. We were talking and I said, look, the problem is Barcelona's strengths feel like they match up perfectly Chelsea's weaknesses. Yeah, matchup issue. Yeah, Megan was like, PSG would be a better matchup in this game because they're much more used to absorbing pressure playing against Lyon in that league. Yep. And the way that, and, you know, and obviously like anyone that watched the semi-finals saw how Leaky Martins came through on the flank. But apart from that, PSG did pretty well against them. And PSG actually gave them a much better game over the two legs than Chelsea side, yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's something about the balance of power. And I felt like Emma Hayes almost kind of picked her poison. It was like, do I slow it down and mm-hmm. take the heat out of it and close the game down and not sure we're getting behind Barca? Or gamble and keep it open. Yeah, it's very and much the, one of those actually like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't kind of thing. And the gamble nearly paid off. Yeah. If Penilla Harder scores either of those two chances, which you'd back her to score both of yeah. those. It's 2-1 yeah. or 1-0. All. Yeah. I wrote a few things on Twitter about this and uh, yeah, yeah. obviously I would caveat that by saying there are people who watch Barcelona a lot more closely and Chelsea. You know, like I've yeah, re- yeah, re- re- reposted some yeah. stuff from yeah. Sophie, a couple of articles from Sophie Law, some more from Amy Rushguy. And as I've mentioned a few times before, like when, after the the final in Budapest in 20, 2019, like the thing at the time, as the players were quite the, were were devastated from because obviously for those who don't know, um, Leon beat Barcelona in twenty nineteen four one. Um, the players seemed more devastated than I think the coaching staff because they knew that this was just a big step in twenty nineteen. Mm. Yeah, and I think a lot of at the moment, because the level of investment in the women's game is still fairly new, you're going to see these very, very different stages of a cycle come together very, very quickly. Does mm. that make sense? So basically, for example, you may see someone like rocket through the progression and get to a point, but actually they may be two or three years. It might come two or three years too early for them to really be on that level. Yes. That's what happened to Barcelona in 2019. A lot of people will look at the Primera and say, well, 100% record, 123 goal difference, you know, oh, this must be a shit league. But, you know, Atleti is seventh, and they push Chelsea over two legs in the round of 16 in the Champions League. Yeah. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. It would be really interesting next season to see how 
the other two sides in that qualify for the Champions League through Spain, how deep they'll go in the Champions League, actually, because the Champions League is expanded next season. I think Barca were just more ready. They were absolutely more ready. Chelsea will be back there. Of course. Proper yeah. development in the women's side has been fairly recent. And um, I don't think the gap between the two is 4-0 in the final or four, four goals in 36 minutes. I don't that's why I was worried that about big. that. Result, that's why I was worried because that's the kind of result that can hang over if you're not careful. It's one of those scorelines that's more jarring than I think the actual context. Yeah. It will go down as the worst game of some of their careers. And the worst thing is they had, in terms of how they felt, they did themselves mm -hmm. justice, the players. The thing, that's, the thing that saddens me about these games is, um, it's funny because you do the comparison with the Spain, or the Barcelona team. I draw the comparison with the, um, the Euro finals, the 2012 men's final, when Pirlo just got absolutely swarmed in midfield. Mm. The same thing. Chelsea were talking about experiencing long periods without the ball and expecting not to have possession for a long time. I felt like maybe they were caught between two stools here. Mm. Do you sit deep and do a PSG style thing or do you play a more expansive game? And the weird thing is because Chelsea won the league by playing on the front foot, it's very difficult to adjust mentality. That makes sense. Like you're playing, yeah. your instinct, if you are sitting deep um, and you're having your centre-backs close to your full-backs and you've got your double pivot and then you've got your, your launching on the break with Fran Kirby getting in between the, the, the Barcelona full-backs and Kerr, you're almost, it was neither fish nor foul with Chelsea, wasn't it? Well, I think that's that, where we had that. Yeah, Does also, that make sense? yeah, totally. And also, but also, just going behind that early throws any, I, of course, any, it does, any it game does. plan kind of out the window. And you could see it. I was joking. Well, I was, wasn't joking. I was in the chat and I was going, I'm going to have to rewatch this just to understand what happened. Mm. And I, don't, I didn't mean tactically so much. I meant almost like, I need to rewatch this and watch only the Chelsea players and watch the movement they're making because it just feels like they are absolutely stunned by what's happening. I think the main, like, the main, main areas which, which were the game changers in in this were Maliki Martins against Neve Charles. Yeah, that was just a Caroline huge... Graham Hansen against um, Carter. Yeah. Carter. Yeah, absolutely. And and that I think just caused that extended the chain to reaction. Cause, to cause, yeah, the chain reaction in terms of like what happened then in midfield. It was catastrophic, to be yeah. honest. Kira Hamrawi deserves a massive shout as well because I thought she was absolutely colossal in the middle oh of midfield. Good, magical. They just looked complete. Barcelona. Yeah, on Marty Patelis. Any one of those three could have been play of the match. Any one of those three. And even the wide forwards. I mean, there are maybe five players on that pitch. Mm. If you were doing a 10 out of 10 ranking, you could argue five of them at least were of that very elite level. Yeah. And just quickly before we move on from this, because like I said, you and Wright will do more on Wednesday, but quick, yeah. quick shout out to Asasa Ashwala. Two years ago, she became the first African woman to score in the Champions League final. And she now becomes the first African woman to win the Champions League final. Yeah, yeah. Could have had a fifth as well. She Unlucky could have, with yeah. The offside. Yeah, yeah, the offside. Yeah, yeah. She looked really good coming on. Good weekend for Nigerians. It was, it was. We'll get to that. Well, Next. that's good. Yeah, after the break. <laughs> Segway. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, 
File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, man, FA Cup final. Oh, my goodness. First FA Cup for Leicester City ever. Wonderful. With fans, 28,000 at Wembley, and it sounded like a million people were in there. Listen, that was oh some cathartic, that was some cathartic chanting right there and cheering. I mean, I, like I've said all season, well, for a year now, if it's available, I don't watch games with, with the artificial fan noise, but I was watching either Match of the Day or Match of the Day 2 after I'd seen the, the FA Cup game, and they had obviously artificial fan noise on for the Premier League games. It was like coming home from a brass band gig. Yeah. And then all of a sudden trying to recreate it with like MIDI horns. <laughs> Your mind did my God. not work. No, it's not the one. It's not the one. It was you can't, get, like, you can't oh. get the full-throated feel. You can't do it. No, you, you can't. can't. Do it. Bad weekend for Chelsea in finals, but... Very bad. I don't think anyone could disagree that having fans back in the stadium was a... I mean, that was amazing. It was quite emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to the game itself, I picked a good time to uh, remind everyone about my Yuri T- Tillemans plays like he's whistling on right yeah, he does. week. He does. Uh, we've is, got, we've got a, a lot of finals play. wrong, though. We, we, I think we all thought that Chelsea would win this, and we all thought that Chelsea would, would be the favourites for the Champions League final as well. How wrong we were. I thought Chelsea... My only thing is I thought Chelsea would win this if they were playing their best team, and they didn't. First of all, Congratulations, Leicester City. Stunning goal by Yuri Tielemans and outstanding goalkeeping performance from Kasper Schmeichel. Outstanding. Oh my like, God, he absolutely. had like two saves before we get to the Chelsea, second yeah. half. That Unreal. Were, that were Unreal. absolutely unbelievable. The one from like, Chilwell onto the post and then the one from, Har- the one from um, was it Harvard? Strong hand. The half volley. Was it, was it Mount or Harvard? I think it was the half Mount, volley. right? I think it was Mount. Mount hit the half volley clean and he, he got an absolute beautiful, like, strong hand, yeah. Strong hand, palmed around the post. In terms of actual overall performance, hmm. It was strange, this configuration. The pick that he... So look, I know that he has maybe his preferences in terms of how he's played. Um, Are we going for Chelsea now? Yeah, so I know that Tuchel, you know, maybe was being faithful to a previous configuration. Maybe he liked the link-up between um, Ziyech and Werner. And he wanted to keep that front three of Mount, Ziyech, Werner. I don't like... Werner as a nine. I didn't like him as a nine in this game. I think he's really, really good at that wide forward. That sort of inside pocket, cutting in spaces, squaring it, making a nuisance, combining well. And he got really good opportunities in the nine position and wasn't clinical. And it hurt Chelsea. It did hurt them. And I'm not blaming him for that. I'm saying that's not, I don't think his natural. I thought that Harvard's has been better there as a nine in, in the previous games. I was very confused by the choice to start Marcus Alonso over Ben Chilwell, who I just think mm. gives you vastly more as a left wing back and a left back. And some said, uh, maybe he's saving them for the game on the Tuesday. And I'm like, it's a cup final. Mm. Like, I, I don't, I'm sorry, but I don't get that logic. If that was the logic, and I'm not sure it was the logic, I don't get that. I always feel Chilwell gives you more. I feel that the combination yeah, between... left back. Yeah. Better I, left I, wing back. Yeah. He's a better left back. Yeah. yeah. Harvard's Mount and Werner is a really good front three to start a game with. Mm. And Ziek, Werner, Mount doesn't have the same fluency combination. And you just allow Leicester to have their own way with it to an extent. 
and you allow them to build confidence. So by the time Chilwell comes on, Chilwell causes more trouble in 20 minutes, basically, than Alonso uh, caused in 70. And that's not even knocking Alonso, it's just in terms of the quality of player and the performance that Chilwell's been putting in. And I think I said this on Twitter, I was like, I wonder if Tuchel may feel that he got the chemistry wrong here. I wonder how much that, that, that Arsenal result affected the team selection. That's interesting. That's interesting. I wonder if they'd won on, um, when was it? Wednesday. Maybe you would have seen them rotate less for this game. Mm. I don't really think that Kepa's inclusion, I mean, I don't think he really did anything wrong. I don't think he's, I don't think Man, Mendy's saving the, the Telemann's goal. And if he is, it's not absolutely unbelievable. The problems came higher up the pitch. Yeah, yeah. And if, he, if, he, if Mendy does save it, it's an absolutely unbelievable save. He shouldn't but have that space. He shouldn't have that space to be shooting that's from. That's the thing. I mean, in a cup final, in the centre of the park. With that Chelsea team and that defence, as good as it's been this year, it's not space they're giving. This is the thing. There were like, there were, fa- there were sort of multiple, the failures were higher up the field. Mm. Um, and they invited pressure. And actually someone made a good point on Twitter when I wrote about the select. He said, the problem is, he said, any configuration of Chelsea's best midfield is not as good as Leicester's best midfield. And that's ultimately the problem. Wait, sorry, say that again. Any configuration Any of configuration midfield, of Chelsea's best. Chelsea's best midfield is not as good as Leicester's best. Significantly worse than Leicester's best midfield. I massively disagree with that. I think that's a, I don't agree with that at all. I don't, I mean, I can't say Jorginho is, is really strong in the right any, configuration. Any configuration of Chelsea's midfield is significantly worse than any configuration of, of Leicester's midfield. His exact words were, Leicester's midfield, well, his, well, Leicester were just far better than Chelsea midfield, was his point. Um, now, maybe that's revisionist thinking, but I don't know, I don't know. I, I feel, Ryan, if my, my personal view on this, my personal view on this is that if Chelsea play their best team, if they play the team that basically blew away Real Madrid, because it was that, if they play that team, I think this is a game that they win. I mean, uh, that's what I, that's what I mean. I didn't, I just, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm saying this because I'm baffled, Ryan. I'm only saying because I'm baffled and I'm trying to understand why Tuchel did what they did and why Chelsea played the way they played. Yeah, but I think Chelsea could have played their best absolute max strength side and mm. still could have lost the game 1-0 to that goal. Chelsea had chances. There were a couple of amazing saves from Schmeichel. There was a, there was a disallowed goal that was a millimetres offside. Mm. Yeah. What this is, and this is, sorry to just throw this in there. It's really important. You know, we said like the, the sad thing about the Poch era, the Poch didn't get a trophy to kind mm. of validate it. And the Leicester era, this is their second act, right? They win the league and that's incredible. Levels like, I'm okay, Leicester won the league. Wow, unbelievable. But they've consolidated now with this cup win. People are now, we've said this before, our agents looking around Europe and going, where do we go to? This is a very well-run club with a great turnover great funding. Leicester's a lovely place to live. That midfield in particular is superb. You've got the kind of institutional knowledge of like a Wes Morgan there, someone that's done it all, that's won at various levels. You've got an incredibly attractive club now for a player at pretty much any stage of the career. 100%. Now this is the exciting thing for Leicester. They have consolidated their place at the top table with Mm. this win. You know, they, 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 they had already arrived with, of course, they won the Premier League, but this, this is a consolidation now for them. They are just, they always were a bit, well, they were a big club for the last couple of years, but they are, they're there now. Brendan Rodgers has nailed this. And what is so exciting about all of the players in the squad, 
if Leicester want to hold on to those players and have an exciting Champions League run, having strengthened, great. They want to flip some of these players. They're entitled to do that. They're just in this incredible position now. And I don't think this was an upset only because I think that with, um, when I saw the team sheet, to be honest, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't fancy Chelsea in this. Really? When I saw the team sheet, I, yeah, I didn't fancy because it. Because of that, mainly because of that, like, yeah, um, absolutely. Ziek when and- I saw, absolutely. Not just the Ziek, Ziek, yes. Ziek and, and Alonso. Also the, Ziek and Alonso, and then also the left back position. And also, I, I think as well, to be honest with the left wing back position. The other concern I have, Ryan, is that Callum Hudson-Odoi has got to have a bit of a, a bit of a think, I think, in the off season. Not because he's not, not because he's not an amazing player and because Tuchel doesn't rate him, but he can't afford another season like that. Yeah, it feels mean? a little bit like a lost season for Callum Hudson. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, I'm not, look, who am I to question Tuchel and what goes on in training and all the rest of it? It's more like you want to be relied on more in a game of this magnitude. And I kind of felt like he was going to use Hudson Odoi as the joker in the pack, mm. but we never really saw that in the late stages of the season. So something's gone wrong there in terms of his development, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. I think that um, there are a lot of places that he would land very, <laughs> very, very smoothly. Um, yeah. But like you said about Leicester before, I think this is... The thing that is so mind-blowing about Leicester is their ability to regenerate. Yes. Because the league win is obviously one of the greatest things that's ever happened in English football especially in the modern era. Mm. But I actually think that this, I'm not going to say it's as impressive because obviously winning the league over 38 games is unbelievable. I think it could be as important long term. In its own way, in its own way, yeah. Because yeah. it proves that it wasn't a fluke and it proves that it's not, it wasn't, that one season wasn't an anomaly in their development because they've, they've actually probably all round, I think they've improved since the league win. Yeah. If someone said to you, just after they're in the league, oh, by the way, you'll be winning the FA Cup in five years and Jamie Vardy won't be close to being the best player on your team when you do that. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, no way. You'll have sold yeah. Riyad Mahrez, you'll have sold Kante Mares, you'll have sold those players and you will be, you'll be winning the World Cup. It feels like it. FA Cup against Chelsea. They'd be like, no, 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 no way. Mm. You could see Leicester fans in the crowd. You could see their faces and they're just like looking at each other in disbelief. Like, mm. how are we here? How have we done this? And I know, look, funding has been amazing. Recruitment's been incredible. Recruitment's been astonishing, in fact. The recruitment is, is off the charts, yeah. They remind me almost Leicester of like, remember like when Porto were buying all those incredible players and selling on with this incredible like profit margin and just kept plowing the money back into the club. Mm. They're like Porto now or like Udinese. With Rogers now, it's an interesting one for him because you're a hero at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, another club could come in with an offer and, you know, Rogers obviously is someone who has, you know, moved around a bit and always, why, like, you know, he's always, you, this is my thing. Why would you move? Like Rogers has always taken teams forward, right? You know, Reading, you know, Liverpool, he did really exciting things with Liverpool. Maybe he doesn't get quite enough credit. He nearly won the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played some thrilling football, you know, Celtic, he did a lot of great things there. I hope he hangs around a bit longer at Leicester. Oh, like, yeah. I don't mean, I'm not saying there's anything in doubt. I'm just saying that I hope he gives this like a good stretch of like a good few years. They also play Chelsea again Tuesday night in the Premier League, which is another massive game. If Leicester win, they'd be guaranteed Champions League. And they do Liverpool a huge favour as well. Yeah. If you think Champions League qualification and an FA Cup 
It's an incredible season. My God. It's an incredible season. You know, something- I saw some doubt. I saw some doubt of Tuchel on Twitter. I'm like, no, no. Are we doing this? Really? Really? Two games to go and they're above you in the league. Yeah, right, and right. Tuchel has done some amazing work at Chelsea. Yeah. They've almost become a, a victim of their post-Christmas success, Chelsea. Yeah, right, right. Because yeah, yeah. when Lampard was just about to get fired, if you'd said by mid-May, Champions League qualification will be in your own hands, you'll be in the Champions League final and you'll be in the FA Cup final. I think a load of Chelsea fans would be like, what are you talking about? Exactly, exactly like, right. We're level on points with Arsenal. Well, we're three points ahead of Arsenal. It's just like, this is a final. People lose finals. Someone has to lose a final. Yeah. You haven't lost to someone who is like 20 places below you in the pyramid or 10 places below you in the pyramid. You have lost to the side that is above you in the table in the final. Yes. From an absolute worldy goal. And the game very much could have gone to extra time had, I don't know, they started the frame rate one frame earlier. Like they've, they've taken the screenshot of the VAR one frame earlier. Yeah. I don't want to get... Yeah. Frame rates can't melt steel beams, etc. <laughs> I think it's more frustrating because of the Arsenal result. I think if they win on, a, I think if they win on th- against Arsenal in the week, yeah, maybe this game is easier to compartmentalise. But the problem is now is that it's all looking a hell of a lot more shaking than it was a week ago. Right, and it didn't have to be like this. It didn't have to. This be was like avo- this. this is the worst thing, and this was entirely avoidable. Well, even uh, if, no- even if it wasn't avoidable, I think if you play if you play your best available players in the, the best available configuration and the results still come out the same, then kind of fair enough. I think the Arsenal one is easier because Arsenal didn't really deserve to win the game at all. Mm. We've, we've talked about this. But, um, but again, like I don't really think Chelsea... Chelsea created more chances and had you know, way more of the ball. That, Arsenal, that Arsenal loss is a classic example of drawing the wrong conclusions from the result. Yeah. You know, to me, it could be one of those ones, like in terms of a team and how a team goes forward after losing. Yeah, I think we should wrap up this bit by just, you know, giving more props to Leicester because I think that this is yeah. a, this is a diff, it's the difficult second album. Sometimes it's a hell of a lot harder to do. And it's incredible because it validates this era. Yeah. It's like now, whatever, whatever Leicester do, there could be like, we rebuilt after selling two of the greatest players that will ever come through this club. Yeah. Astonishing talents. We sold Kante, we sold Mahrez. Obviously, Maguire went too, but in terms of what Kante and Mahrez were, iconic players in a short space of time. And we rebuilt, and this is what we did. It's amazing. It's amazing yeah. to see that. The belief that they belong, that for me is the most impressive. Yeah, thing. I mean, that is, that is a massive thing. But when people stop talking about them being a, um, a surprise inclusion in the top four, five, six, and yeah. in finals, then that's, I mean, it's going to take probably, weirdly, it's probably going to take a couple more years of, of stuff like that. Can I say, can I, can I just say, as Leicester, Leicester fans, listen to this podcast, I truly believe the new era for Leicester began, and this is my, but this is all, I don't care what anyone says, I will die on this hill. It's when Leicester got an away win, a difficult away win, and Wilfred Ndidi came out on Twitter and quoted Shakespeare and said, heavy lies the crown. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this man is on a different level. All right, let's go to Europe. Uh, quickly yep, yep. before we go to Europe, though, Super Classico on the weekend. One all draw between River Plate and Boca. Uh, River Plate had 15 players missing due to positive coronavirus tests. Ryan, we're in a pandemic. It's unbelievable. We are in a pandemic. Yes, we are in a pandemic. Um, right, extremely quickly, because you guys are going to talk about Dortmund a little bit more. 
on Wednesday. But what a week. Well, what a few days since we last recorded. Since we recorded BFLB 09, most commonly known as Borussia Dortmund, have secured Champions League qualification next year and won the German Cup. Both in some style. In some style. Some style, yeah. They, are, they have been on an absolute tear recently. The Bundesliga and the Zweite Bundesliga have zero chill. <laughs> I actually tweeted, the only thing more, uh, the only thing that's better than the, comp- the Bundesliga conference, which is, for those who don't know, when Sky show all the games at once and it just cuts around based on who's yeah. scoring. The only thing that's better than the Bundesliga one is the Zweite Bundesliga one. Because whoever was directing it on Sunday was having a mare. Because yeah. and they were doing a great job, but I mean, it was just every, it seemingly every 30 seconds, every 40 seconds, it was just like, Tor in Hamburg. <laughs> Tor in Darmstadt. Tor in Bramstein. It's, like it's like Jeff Stelling. Jeff Stelling. It's like Jeff Stelling. It's like Jeff, Jeff Stelling, Stelling for Sky. Stelling. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in Germany too long. Yeah, I've been in Germany too long, haven't I? Oh, yeah. Stelling. Stelling. Yeah, yeah, Stelling. <laughs> Did you see that? That's me being in Germany too long. That doesn't happen like five years ago. I do this all the time. But see, Stelling normally, you know, like on the Sky Sports in the UK, they don't have the actual goals. So with yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. have that thrill of the whole effect. Yeah, basically you'll, you'll, whole, hear, yeah. you'll hear just this like, you'll Amazing. know there's a really pivotal game going on in say like Braunschweig. And uh, yep. you'll hear like Tor and Braunschweig and you'll be like, ooh, actually, no, it wasn't Braunschweig on the weekend. It was Karlsruhe, for example, we're playing Holstein Kiel or Paderborn. Osnabrück, yeah. Paderborn yeah. playing Greuter Foot. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about the Bundesliga first because Dortmund's job was made a hell of a lot easier because Eintracht Frankfurt lost to Schalke 4-3. Extraordinary. Schalke, it was their third win of the season. That came on Saturday. And it really opened the door for, for Dortmund. They, and they beat a good Mainz side, 3-1, in Mainz. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mainz, who I think the only, the only side who's been on a better run of form recently than Mainz have been, Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Mainz hadn't lost in, uh, I think it was seven games, when Bo Svensson took over. They were level on points yeah. with Schalke, Mainz. Uh, they had seven points when he took over. And they, I mean, they were safe after Saturday's yeah. results. It's incredible. Gladbach lost again at home to uh, Stuttgart. Stuttgart and Bayern drew two all with, <sighs> with, with Freiburg. Shout out to Lewandowski who equaled Gerd Müller's goal scoring record. Yes. Do, I wanted to do this after, so very much like actually we mentioned, <laughs> we haven't even mentioned this yet, but because we mentioned uh, we were going to do Man City's title win. Yeah. I think we should do that after the Premier League final day and we'll do, we'll do like a big, we'll do all those do next week. But okay, we, cool. we'll talk about Lewandowski then as well because I think that's a really good point. Like he hit, he equaled Gerd Müller's record of forty Bundesliga goals. He might break it. So if he and breaks he missed it, four weeks of he, football. And he, yes, he missed four weeks. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! And he's like, yes. And he's, you know, pretty getting pretty old for a footballer now as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually might write something <laughs> about Lewandowski for the ringer because I think there's there's a conversation to be had there about the the evolution of the aging striker. Yeah, you know, and is. how actually they're all getting a bit LeBron-y, these strikers. They're you know, showing no signs of slowing down. No, look no, the, they're accelerating. Look, look the yeah. Higuain brothers tearing it up. Yes. Tearing <laughs> it up in the other, both bald as well. Those two are like... <laughs> uh, but quickly, Hertha are safe. The big yes. city escape is complete. Yeah, yeah. And Armenia might be as well because Bremen are now 
well and truly in the relegation mind. They may still go okay. down automatically. Uh, Florian Kofeld lost his job after their um, 2-0 defeat away at Augsburg on the weekend. That had been coming for a long time. Yeah, I mean, two years in a row they've been in this. They were in the, they were in the playoff last year and this is a side yeah. who shouldn't be in the playoff. Yeah. So yeah, the final round of Bundesliga games is next Saturday. As we mentioned, Borussia Dortmund qualifying for the Champions League. Let's save that for Wrighty's house. Yeah, yeah. Extremely quickly, the Zweite Bundesliga. My goodness. Heisfau will be playing in the Zweite Bundesliga for a fourth consecutive season. And uh, this was the season where people thought they can't, they can't do it again. They did do it again. They can no longer qualify automatically. They can no longer get promoted mathematically. They lost 3-2 to Osnabrück. Um, and because Greuterfurt beat Paderborn 4-2, even though Holstein Kiel lost to Karlsruhe and Bochum drew, that meant that the gap was too big for Hamburg. Any of the top three can finish in any of the top three positions. It was unbelievable. 35 goals in nine games in the Swiss Bundesliga on the weekend. That's stressful. I don't know how you follow that league as closely as you do because that is really stressful. Because it's the best league, baby. Yeah, but it gives me anxiety. I'm like, this gives me anxiety. <laughs> the best league ever. You've embraced it, but then a lot of people are tweeting you going, oh, Ryan, you told football to embrace the chaos and it's just gone. <laughs> Wait and see. <laughs> My babies listened. They did, they did. <laughs> I was a bit nervous that if I went to sleep, UEFA would launch a tournament in the night. <laughs> and I'd wake up and be like, oh yeah, congratulations to Karlsruhe. We've won the Women's Champions League. What? Yeah, they've, we played the Women's Tournament like five years early and we're like, what, what? Yeah, we just thought we'd organise it in the night because everything else is happening. It just felt like the kind of weekend where, what's the thing, Murphy's Law, they're explaining Interstellar, anything that can happen will happen. There were a lot of very spiky tweets, actually, very funny tweets about how you know, we've seen these tweets a lot, but like they never get any less funny about how the Super League was basically started because these other teams were getting too good <laughs> and they kept beating them. <laughs> uh, quickly in Liga, uh, it will go down to the wire because Lille drew one all with St. Etienne. Yes, yes. They missed some good chances, Lille. Uh, PSG beat Reims uh, 4-0, I think. Can we, before we move on from this, uh, shout yeah. out to Alex Stewart from TIFO who uh, pointed out that St. Etienne playing green. And their goalkeeper is called Etienne Green. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's a great detail, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, apart from Southampton being top of the table at one point in the season, I reckon that's probably Alex's favourite moment of the season. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it might look a bit mean in tweet form. So Alex, if you're listening, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Monaco could still win the league, <laughs> mathematically. There's a six goal difference between them and Lille in top spot. Mm. So say, for example... Lille lose 3-0 on the final day of the season against Angers. Mm, the table, Angers. Let's say PSG lose in Brest and Monaco beat Lens 5-0. Monaco could win the league. None of those results are impossible. Anyone in the top three can still win the league in Liga. That league has been spicy. But next week, we're going to have to go long, you know, because we're going to round up about, we're yeah. going to have to round up all the leagues. Serie A quickly. Yeah, yeah. Serie A quickly. Um, Derby dell'Italia. So uh, this was a win that Juve really needed and they got it. I'll tell you what keeps the last weekend interesting. There is a cluster of teams in and around that are all of much of a muchness in terms of quality. Mm -hmm. You know, you put Napoli in the mix. 
Juventus, obviously, Lazio, Roma, those teams, all there's not that much between them. Milan have kind of not reverted to the mean, that's not fair, but I think Milan have ended up fairly enough where they should be in the league. That makes sense. Like, Atlanta had the extra gear. And Inter, they're not on cruise control because they gave that a lot of intensity, but fundamentally, like, you could see that Juve wanted and needed that result more. Yeah. Quadrado showing up again. He's a player that's slightly, slightly underrated, I think. I think he's just about rated. You think he's just about rated? Benzema's law. There was always, yeah, oh, that's, no, that's a great, Benzema's law, should we call it that? Players who are actually rated exactly as they should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I just feel a bit sorry for Quadrado because Ramos got him that red card in the Champions League final. <laughs> I mean, join the, join the queue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, if either of us met Ramos in public, you'd probably get us sent off for something. <laughs> or arrested. I think that's the yeah, arrested, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think Ramos is maybe like slightly some kind of like um, footballing minority report? Thing where he's actually he gets people sent off before they commit the crime. Yeah, I think he'd have a precog. Yeah. <laughs> the worst thing with Ramos is Ramos I think is like Pepe. It's one of these people who like you'd have this intense loathing for. Like not me, because I'm it's football, so I'm not really that into it. But he's the kind of person that football fans have an intense loathing for than me, and he's just absolutely delightful. Yeah, it's like and Diego charming Costa. And Diego Costa. Yeah, yeah. I bet you Diego Costa is that. Lovely. At the moment, he, the moment you walk away, he just like has that twinkle now. He's like, I did it again. I charmed them again. <laughs> Charming villains. The three fixtures to watch next week in Serie A mm. for those final Champions League spots will be Atalanta, Milan, Bologna, Juve, and Napoli hosting Hellas Verona. Mm. Uh, Sunday night, 7.30 European time. So what's that? 6.30 UK time, 12.30 mm. Eastern. No, 1.30 Eastern. On Sunday afternoon, the final round of Serie A games. It's really good, actually, because they've also done the same in La Liga. They've moved all of the crucial games to 6.30 Saturday European time, Central mm. European time, which is good because it is all up for grabs. Yes. Um, oh, my goodness. La Liga. Just when, we, just when I thought Atleti. Just when I thought it was out. Yeah, they pull me back in. They make me care again. If I let you don't win this league, Moose, I swear to God, I'm going to quit this shit. I, I, <laughs> because it's stressful. The fact, like, if they weren't going to win it, I wish they'd done it ages ago. I wish they'd completely imploded ages ago and just got it over with. You know, at this point, if it, if it was like Real Madrid seven points clear with two games to go, you'd be like, wow, well, seen that movie. The fact that they looked like they were gone, it's like watching WWE. Right. <laughs> Atleti been in a chokehold for ages and then all of a sudden the ref has lifted their arm and dropped it and they've done the second one and they've dropped it and then they've gone for the third one which will knock them out and they've oh. just gone <laughs> and then the crowd's going wild and then oh my god they're still alive oh my god Jerry the King Lawler, I think I've name-checked him twice in a month on Stadio, but fuck it. You know, oh my God, they're alive. Look at this comeback from Adelaide. Oh my God. And they should have been gone. They should have been gone. Like, they, this is, but no, no, I'm annoyed about this. Are you? I'm minding my own business, right? This feels like, this feels like when you're waiting for a bus, it's slightly delayed, and there's like a couple sitting next to you, and they're like having some kind of like argument whether they stay together, and you become emotionally invested because they're too close for you not to hear it. So you're hearing it, and they're like, 
part of you starts rooting for them. After a couple of minutes, you're like, please stay together. Like, please. by the time you get on the bus, you're an emotional wreck. You're more of a wreck than they are. And I'm like, at Letty, I feel like with that Letty, I'm like, I feel like I'm sitting at a bus stop, listening to Atleti decide, like, should we win the league? Should we not? Should we go for it? And you're like, please, Atleti, please go for it. And by the time Atleti get on the bus and go, I'm a wreck. Like being your friend. <laughs> like being your friend. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Moose is oh. calling. Oh, God. Uh, oh, God. Oh, no, I have, I have to, to answer. I have to answer it because it's... What else have I got to do? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'll answer it. I may as well pick it up. Like... Oh, no. Yeah, just a quick one. Uh, it's this, uh, this thing happened. Just, just, uh, just five like, minutes, yeah. Just five minutes, yeah. Just a really quick one. Just, uh, oh, 48 minutes later. Yeah. I've, uh, my tea's gone cold. Yeah. <laughs> but I hope it works out. <laughs> have, I ever, have I ever had a five-minute phone call with anybody? No. <laughs> People are always excited. Ah, oh, Musa called me then. It's like... Uh-huh. And oh, you can hear the enthusiasm uh, drop off geez, the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh and the funny thing is, it's like uh, the, the, you start questioning your own judgment because you're like, I, I kind of knew what this was. I knew what this was, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about Atleti. That's Letty. the Atleti title race. We knew, we knew, we knew, you know, it's our fault. We're the, you know what? We're the clowns here. Oh, yeah. That, that's why we were angry at ourselves because and we knew Simeone what this was. Knows, we got which is why he keeps pegging it down the tunnel like, straight away. Like, he full said, time. He's like, I'm out of it. He, he said the suffering is necessary. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most existential. Someone tagged me. Was Ryan, um, Ryan Vendon, I think this is, this is peak Atleti. What, what, is, what does Simeone actually say? Let me find the exact wording of what he said about this. And it was almost literary. Yes, yes. <laughs> Croquet said, if we didn't suffer, we wouldn't be us. Simeone said, Suffering is necessary. <laughs> the anxiety exists. <laughs> is there anything more existential than that? Wow. This is why they, yeah, yeah, this is perfect. This, this gave me all my vitamins this weekend in La Liga. So Atleti beat Osasuna. And what I love about this, actually, the narratives to this, are Black, brilliant again. Not quite good enough for the goal, though, which went behind the no, line. No, no, but still, Although, but you know. <laughs> La Liga still doesn't have... Goal line technology. Wild, wild. They rely on VAR to give the goal. Yeah, so, um, but, uh, you know, Carrasco, the last few games, outstanding. It's been brilliant, man. He really has stepped up. You know, it's that whole thing I was saying to um, Lee Roden on Twitter, like, you have like Usman Dembele and Di Maria who carry that kind of secondary attacking load and they're the ones that have to step up in those big seasons because the primary attack will always deliver, right? But Carrasco absolutely has been lights out these last few games. And, um, Luis Suarez as well. The way that, that there were a couple of moments like this. First goal since March. The way that Carrasco found Suarez is the way that um, Sancho found Royce. This ability to pick someone out. You see it when, when Sancho cuts into the box and the way he picks someone out with the square ball and the way Carrasco picks out Suarez, very, very similar playmaking, that mm. kind of calm and glorious, uh, glorious finish from Suarez. Uh, and now Aleti, they've got an away game um, for their last game and Rail are at home. Yeah, Atleti away to Valladolid who could still stay up and obviously yeah, owned so it's a by big match, yeah. Ronaldo, the yeah. That's a tough, that's a tough match for, and like, just to say in advance, that is not a straightforward fixture for Atleti. Oh, you do not want to be place, playing, going away to someone who um, is fighting to stay up on the last day of the season. Absolutely not. Uh, the only thing I can say for Atleti is that they fundamentally, and I think Real have got Villarreal, is it? Uh, yeah, Real Madrid have Villarreal at home. Yeah, not an easy match by any stretch, but 
The good thing for Aleppi is the destiny is in their hands. Suffering is necessary. It is. You're going to do it. You've got to do it away by a deed. So yeah, it's um, exciting in uh, La Liga. Very exciting. Um, we have got to the end of the show and we haven't talked about Alisson's goal. Uh, we haven't talked about Rangers either. Oh yeah, go on. Yeah, so just shout out to Stephen Gerrard and Rangers um, who went through the season uh, unbeaten. Uh, superb achievement for them. And Gerrard really has just shown out as Rangers manager. He's been brilliant. I mean, just in their own right, they should celebrate that. That's incredible. But I also put some marker down for managers, I think, doing something quite brave because that was a big job, Rangers. And we've seen ex-players go into jobs that are big and really struggle. And he went there and absolutely owned it. And some might say, yeah, they had the resources, but that's a ship a lot of people couldn't steer. Mm. We've seen big players, ex, we've seen big um, ex-players go and manage in Scotland before mm. with a lot of resources and it hasn't worked out. So what he did was not easy. Just shout out to them very quickly. Do you know who uh, won't win the league unbeaten? Sporting lost their first game straight away after winning the league. They lost to Porto, ah. so uh, no, they lost yeah, to Benfica. Yeah. Sorry, in the week. So, yeah. uh, and Allison's goal. Uh, I saw it to the Baywatch music, which is next <laughs> level. absolutely <laughs> next level. Huge goal. Yeah, huge, I huge mean, goal. Also, this is something else that you and Righty will talk about. Yeah, but just to say, like the the timing of the goal, deep in injury time, a game that Liverpool desperately needed to win to keep in. Champions League, uh, the race, the last Champions League place. And just also the quality of the finish. We'll get into that it was more. an amazing but, header. Yeah, I mean, some will say, yeah, he wasn't marked, but he's a goalkeeper at a corner who hasn't scored. Like, so you, there won't be a press on him. So the marking wasn't great, of course. And West Brom as well, maybe a bit leggy and weary. And the header, it was scored like someone that knows how to score goals. This is the thing. Although the thing that I found really funny was that the timing was ever so slightly off on the replay. And it was just like, yeah, it was a goalkeeper heading the ball. <laughs> that is a goalkeeper heading the ball. <laughs> but uh, yeah, very emotional, obviously, with the, you know, the death of his father and stuff like that that happened recently. Yeah. And um, A tribute at the end, Tim. Yeah, lovely tribute he gave. Yeah. Football is bloody hell. You look away for one moment and it gets utterly wild. I know I've dropped this reference quite a lot, but actually maybe football is like, instead of me being like a gremlin fed after midnight, maybe football is. Football is, football is absolutely the gremlin. It's a gremlin league. Yeah, no question. Mike Dean was Mike Dean in, in the uh, Liverpool game. <laughs> there was a great <laughs> moment actually where, um, I can't remember who it was, the commentator said, Mike Dean's awarded a free kick there. I have no idea why. <laughs> 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 just casually moved it's just up. open yeah just open <laughs> been one of those years yeah it has, years. it has how long have we got left before uh, before we get a few days off before the Euros we've got next week and then Champions League's the week after right and you, you've got the yeah. Europa League final in the midweek yeah I'm sure we'll find some space somewhere in there get some nice food outside somewhere with me or with your two friends that you were talking about last week that I wasn't Yeah, the other to. people. The other people I hang out. Well, because Ryan, they yeah, answer my calls. They don't, they don't hang up on me. Listen, so, when do know. I not answer your calls? <laughs> this is true. Um, should we bounce? Yeah, let's bounce. We've probably forgotten something and apologies if we have. There's been way too much on this weekend. This weekend was wild. Yeah, far too much, yeah. yeah. Absolutely wild. Looking forward to Wright's house though because that'd be fun. Yeah, should be great. Some good, yeah, yeah. Some good stuff to chat on there. 
Hope everyone's staying safe and well. Don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash soccer. You can check us on Twitter at Stadio, on Instagram at Stadio Football. Don't forget to check the Stadio Outros playlist. Speaking of which, we're playing out on Morning by the great Youssef Latif. Glorious tune. Anything you want to add, Musa? Come on, it's been a while. Add something. No, I'm good. No, no, I'm good. Come on. I'm trying to add, just trying to add value. What are you, you trying, know, to, to, add what value. trying to add value? <laughs> nothing, you sure there's nothing you want to add? No, I'm really good, actually. Yeah. Uh, just shout out to everyone getting through it. Uh, yeah. Thanks to everyone who sent us messages. Really appreciate it. Yeah. It's really lovely to be sent, like, just just how people are doing, really. That's really, I mean, stadiofootball at gmail.com if you want to just drop us yeah, a line. Yeah, of course, yeah. Really appreciated. Thanks to everyone who's just come through. And also thanks to everyone who's just shown appreciation for stuff I'm doing, like just the writing stuff, because that's also really nice. Like it does mean a lot. And you never know like when, I'm not saying this in a kind of cheesy way, like it, it is always, every every message is appreciated. Every message is appreciated. So thank you all. Yeah, Check in on your pals. Absolutely. Also, let's hope that more wild things keep happening because Musa publicly stated that if it does, he's taking the strike from the podcast, which means... My time. Yeah, exactly. All right. Going wild. Going wild. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Bye, everyone. See you at the house and then see you on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>